My name is Willow. I am like a willow tree. They are strong and flexible. They can bend, bend with the wind, but not break from the pressure. This is me with leukemia. I can bend, but not break. Welcome to Socks with Stories, a show about inspiring stories of resilience from patients, survivors, and family members. I'm your host and fellow survivor, Jake Teitelbaum. As a cancer patient, I couldn't stand the poorly made hospital socks. So I started a company, Resilience Gives, to make fun, better quality, non-slip socks co-designed by children battling cancer. Over the last four years, this cancer community has repeatedly shown me what resilience is all about. And this podcast is about sharing their stories. On today's episode, Lynn Willow and her mom, Sydney, will share their journey from the moments leading up to Lynn's diagnosis at age seven through where she is today. And a quick note before the show, this was one of the first episodes we recorded, so I apologize for a few audio imperfections. We're learning and getting better, so thanks for your patience. I remember always looking in the mirror for that whole week and, and thinking that I looked like I'm usually a little more tan than this. Because my, my whole face was pure white, but I didn't think that anything bad was going to happen. Lynn, she was very active in swim lessons, soccer. I also loved art. Lynn was diagnosed with strep, is how it started. And she was increasingly more lethargic. We would be in a taxi going somewhere and she would be asleep in the middle of the day or just completely not herself and getting paler and paler. Then she started peaking high fevers at night. And one of those nights, she woke up and she said, I just want to lay in a tile floor, but my legs hurt when I walk. Can you carry me? I had tingles down my entire body. The day of the blood work, um, we brought her, kept her home from school. That was a Thursday. Friday, she woke up, no fever. She's like, oh my gosh, I finally feel better. I was driving to work and her pediatrician called and said, do you, can you, do you mind coming in to talk about her blood work? And I said, I, I have to come in to discuss this. I've never had this happen. Um, I pulled over. I said, you have to give me some sort of idea of what, you know, we're talking about here. And she said, do you know blood work? I said, well, I know. I, I, I know how to read some of it. She goes, well, it's the white blood count. I completely... She started crying. I said, you have to give me a minute. I will come. I hung up, hysterical. I packed a bag and we drove to Yale with sunglasses. We're admitting her. So then I'm finding out who's picking up my five-year-old. Then thought it was a hotel room. She was thrilled, <laughs> bouncing around. I would go in the bathroom, cry, cry, get so angry, come out, hi. How are you? And I don't want to scare her. When I went into the ER, they were being a little too calm. And I saw my mom, like her eyes were red because that's so I could tell she was crying a little bit. So I knew, I knew that a little something was wrong, but I didn't know that it would be cancer. My beautiful angel baby. <laughs> it was just, I felt helpless. You can hear in Cindy's voice just how blindsided she felt and how as a mother she wanted to do everything possible to keep her daughter comfortable. 
And yet, throughout the episode, you'll hear how even at age seven, Lynn knew things weren't quite right. Their dad had to work. I left my full-time job and I had a part-time job, so I had to leave both. Um, Whenever Lynn was in the hospital, that was me. So Rocky at five, I mean, at the time he was being juggled between playdate, between playdate. And it was frightening because he's in a public school. You know, everyone gets sick. And then she is the most neutropenic ever. So then he's coming home. He would come home, you would strip him, put him in a bag. You know what I mean? So it's just everything, the abnormal was normal. It made me think that she was like, a little crazy with cleaning because all she like after my brother touched something she would run and clean it even after he took a bath because she got so afraid because she didn't want me to get more sick it would be the most intense in the induction phase which was four weeks steroids and Lynn got cold sores in her mouth all the way down So when you're on that with steroids, which she was waking up at two in the morning, four in the morning, wanting pot stickers, soup, I'm fine. I will make anything. And she wanted salt. So she would eat it and it was horrible. That's probably all I ate. Pot stickers. At five in the morning. (laughs) Waking up and she's on top of the counter looking through. I want, I remember pot stickers was huge. The Asiana, but I remember, do you remember when you tried to eat it and you had all cold sores? She couldn't eat it. And I got so mad. Well, she was on the highest dose of steroids and- And I threw it everywhere. (laughs) Cause she couldn't eat cause the cold sores. You want to eat so much and her cute puffy face. I know, what, what did Rocky do when you were on steroids? He didn't want to be next to me or around because he, he didn't want me to get mad at him. He would walk. I said, Rocky, she's on steroids. He would walk full, or press himself against the wall and walk around. Because I said, this is not a time to get in an argument with her. We were at um, Mystic Aquarium with uh, Sunshine Kids. And what shirt did we get you? Oh, uh, and... Um, it was a shark and it said hangry on the bottom. It's awesome. So whenever she had her lumbar that started the steroids, she wore hangry to clinic and the doctors loved it. When Lynn and her mom go back and forth recounting these steroid stories, it feels like two old friends reliving an experience that was anything but funny in a moment. Coming up, you'll hear how Lynn's treatment unfolded and how a few family friends went above and beyond to make Lynn feel the way a seven-year-old deserves to feel. And I like flamingos. You should buy my socks because kids in the hospital will get them too. Bye-bye. Reese, like Lynn, is also a cancer survivor, and she's one of our co-designers. We believe in using creativity to empower families impacted by disease. And so all of our socks are co-designed by children battling cancer. As Reese mentioned, for every pair we sell, we donate a matching pair to a child in the hospital. You can help support this podcast and our mission by buying a pair of Reese's socks. After that induction phase, she did go into remission. Her doctor called and said she was just shy of making the numbers. 
So that's when they started the way more intense. So nurses coming for shots, going constantly to Yale. So they just put everything like 200%. When I started getting all the heavy chemo, I saw that my mom got really emotional during then because I could see the red under her eyes and stuff. So I tried to make her feel better. And one of, I think, what I learned that was really good when I went through cancer is to always think positive because there's always a good side. I always told her the positive thing. Like, at least I'll get to do cool art stuff and make my own socks. Because whenever I didn't want to be in my hospital room, whenever I went down to that, like arts and crafts center, it always put like, because I always, I always knew that I wasn't alone because there was always other kids in me. And when I saw the project, it always made me happy because I love doing art. Going in to doing all the programs, she's not the only one wearing a mask. She's not the only one on IV. And I think you just feel like more of a family. Everyone here was amazing. Like I had one of my um, girlfriends said, what do you make Rocky for lunch? She said, I'm going to buy him a lunchbox. You tell me, I'll send it in with my kids. They bring it in to him. One time um, she loved, loved, loved hibachi. So she couldn't go in any restaurant or couldn't go you know, inside anywhere. One of my best friends, I love her, Heather Brown, she um, said, I'm gonna do something, but I'm not telling you. So in the backyard, she set up tables. Her ex-husband and her, they're best friends. He learned how to do hibachi. She got a beautiful geisha outfit. He got the outfit. He taught himself how to make it. And they did a hibachi restaurant in the back for her. I loved it. And he made the food really good. And it was really fun. And I remember Heather Brown, she got me the same outfit as she was, as she was wearing. And then I wore it once when I went to hibachi. And they liked it. <laughs> Things like that you'll remember. I would never think to do that. And I'm her mother. Um, she finally went into remission in August. It was the middle of a hot August day, and I got the call, and I'm like, <laughs> I was hysterical, crying. After Lynn went into remission, she would spend the next two and a half years in maintenance therapy. Before we end, you'll hear a few more words of wisdom from this wise young lady. When we were in the hospital, two of Lynn's um, good friends, moms, started a nonprofit, The Willow Project, unbeknownst to me, to try to help with the costs while Lynn was there. And their thought process was Lynn could take it over when she's older to try to help other children and families going through what we did. And we've helped out um, one family. We're deciding on the next family now. Because when you go through cancer all the medicine is a lot of money and like my mom said the parent who has to spend the time with a child the most they have to like almost quit their job because they can't really do both childhood cancer is real and it exists we've met people that have fought 
their battle so hard and lost but have left legacies. This has definitely changed our lives. Like, I got cancer. Now I want to be a hematology oncology nurse. Maybe that's meant for me to change someone's, a kid's specific life. And so if anything hits anyone hard, and maybe later in life, it's going to change your or someone else's life. I originally sat down with Lynn and Cindy back in the fall, but during the outbreak, Lynn has kept herself quite busy. In fact, earlier this month, Lynn delivered over 100 handmade thank you cards to the staff at Greenwich Hospital. If you want to continue following Lynn, we have links to the Will Project website and Facebook page at SoxWithStories.com. Thanks for listening to the Socks of Stories podcast premiere. To celebrate the launch, we've released a second episode. You'll hear Jeremy P. Vohr share his journey battling brain cancer since age 12. And that episode's available right now. Because the Socks of Stories podcast is brand new, if you liked what you heard, it would make a huge difference for us if you subscribed or reviewed wherever you're listening. And if you have other feelings, I'd love to hear your feedback. You can send me an email directly, jake at resilience.gives.